Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after, and for the final time, I am your host, Tyler Trumbauer, alongside the Tuesday-Thursday man, the athlete extraordinaire, Chewy. How are you, sir? Doing well today, sir. How are you? I'm all right. It's this momentous occasion, the final, the, the penultimate morning after of the semester, and the final one. Four years truly, of course, as I am wrapping up my Edinburgh University fighting Scott's career, if you will, if there was such a thing. Um, so, But we're going to have a good show. Josh Cleason should be calling in any minute. You'll be hearing the ring right here on the dial. Well, you know that's college radio for you fine folks. But we'll get him on there and get started for college football talk to kick things off with the rankings and Mark Rick being hired yesterday uh, by the – uh, University of Miami, so we'll get uh, Gleason's take on all of that. Of course, he used to cover the draft in college football for Bleacher Report, did some work for those guys in his previous stints. Um, haven't had him on in a while, and there he is right now on the line. Let's go, sir. So we're going to put him on right now as I get this thing hooked up, and we'll talk about we'll talk a lot with him on here on the dial. Let's see if I can do this without even talking to him. Josh Gleason, how are you, sir? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Uh, that was that was pretty good work by me. I was just able to do that real quick. But uh, so I guess you know I figured things out by the time it's my last show. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we appreciate you being able to be a part of this uh, historic occasion. Uh, I have not been given a, a a cake yet, so I'm still waiting on that. Yeah, I know. I'm gonna get that to you. Don't you worry. All right, I appreciate that. You send that <laughs> over. Um, anywho, um, so talk, talking about college football, uh, the rankings, of course, week 14 already. It's uh, been flying by, been a few weeks since we talked to you about that. So now looking at the playoff rankings, Tubby and I discussed them yesterday. And how they shake down for the listeners that weren't listening yesterday is Clemson 1, Alabama 2, Oklahoma 3, Iowa 4, and then 5 and 6 is Michigan State and Ohio State. And I'm going to, I guess my first question to you would be, sir, is I said yesterday, Stanford at seven, I think still has a shot of making it, and I think that's the line of demarcation. I think that's the cutoff line. Do you agree, or do you feel maybe not, maybe Stanford doesn't even have a shot, or do you feel there's a team lower than seven that still could sneak in, depending on how these conference title games figure out this weekend? I, I think there's one other team below that that could sneak in, and that would be North Carolina. As much as you know, a lot of people probably want to question their schedule throughout the year, similar to Iowa. Um, they've ran off 11 straight wins, and now they get an opportunity to play undefeated Clemson, a team that is pretty unanimous. Uh, unanimous ah, sorry, I'm stumbling over my words here. Um, pretty consensusly, I'll just go with that. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> is the number one team in the nation. So I think if UNC gets a 12th straight win against them, I feel like the committee's got to find a way to put them in there. But then again, there's Ohio State sitting there at six, the defending national champions. Do you take the team and UNC who knocks off the team that everybody has at number one if they were to win that game? Or do you put in the defending champs who only have one loss this year that only came on a last-second field goal that could potentially be to the Big Ten champions? Do you give them the nod? But then again, that, that reverts back to an argument that people had years ago when Alabama-LSU met in the title game and LSU got in there for the rematch when they didn't even make the SEC championship because Alabama did and then being in the same division. So it comes back to that argument, how can you put Ohio State in the playoffs if they didn't even make their own championship game? But talent-wise, they're certainly worthy of it. Resume-wise, especially after the beating they put on Michigan last week, I think they're definitely – I would 
lean towards them over North Carolina for sure. You certainly uh, won't want to hear this, but you you and Tubby agree on that, that North Carolina would sneak in uh, if they were to upset uh, Clemson in that in that ACC championship game this weekend. I said I find that hard to believe that they're going to put North Carolina, because I looked at North Carolina's schedule, and I'm one of those people that are like, I, I don't really I don't like it at all. I mean, you look at right. some of those people they played. I mean, they did put up a lot of points, and there were very few close margins of victory. But you got to look at those opponents. But to your point, too, is to to back up your argument and for the argument for North Carolina is, you know, apparently in these guidelines that the committee has is you need to favor conference champions over those that aren't. And those that aren't conference champions need to be, as I think the wording was, clear-cut and obvious that they are better than that conference champion to put to have a, a non-conference champion usurp a playoff spot from a conference champion. Yeah, I think it would definitely be risky of the community to go ahead and, and do that. They would certainly hear a lot of backlash, but then again, they heard a lot of backlash last year when they put Ohio State in as the Big Ten champions over a TCU team that looked pretty good in the finale against Baylor to win the Big 12 title. Granted, that wasn't a true championship game, but in the end, that's what it ended up being last year. And like this year, we also had a Big Ten or a Big 12 championship, so to say. And that's one team, Oklahoma, they're locked in right now. Um, amongst the top four teams, they're the only ones that don't have to play this week. They're already their conference champions. Everybody's already seen what they can do, and they're fairly impressed with them. So I don't see them leaving whatsoever because there's just no really scenario where they could get knocked out. Um, I mean, Alabama's got to be considered as close to a lock as possible, playing against a Florida team that just put up a very bad showing against Florida State right after they had a really bad showing against a 2-8 and eight Florida Atlantic team at the time uh, from the Sun Belt Conference. So Florida is definitely trending in the wrong direction. I don't really see them being a big threat to Alabama. I think, obviously, the Iowa-Michigan State game, whoever wins that game is, is going to be in. I don't Unless it's a really ugly game, which it's, it's possible with the way those two teams play defense. Um, unless it's a really ugly game, and that's the way I could see the committee saying, hey, these two teams and it look very impressive that we're going to bump, say, an Ohio State over them or a Stanford if they have an impressive, impressive showing against the USB team that finished very strong in the Pac-12 on to number 20 in the nation. So that's another, obviously, key – or excuse me, game to keep an eye on because Stanford just beat Notre Dame. And like I said, the Trojans have really been clicking lately, and that's a very quality win because this USC team is not the same as they were early in the season. I was going to ask you about that Iowa-Michigan State matchup, of course, that basically being a, a, like a wild-card play-in game that Major League Baseball has to sneak into, the, sneak into a playoff spot. So who you have in that game, Iowa-Michigan State, of course, Iowa still with that unblemished record, but a lot of question marks about their schedule. Michigan State, of course, coming in strong all year long and then really picking up some quality wins here in the last few weeks. But those two meet up uh, this Saturday and essentially, as you said, a play-in game. Uh, who do you have emerging victorious and and most likely locking in one of those four playoff spots? I like Iowa in the game. I've started to come around to them more throughout the, the year as I actually got to, to watch them and lay eyes on them because I know if you look at them on paper, the schedule's not, not very good. And you look at their running team, not something that 
I guess people expect nowadays in successful teams that stick to the run. But this is what Iowa does. They're a pro-style team, which is very rare nowadays in college football, similar to what Alabama is. But even Alabama spreads the ball out more than Iowa does. They know what they're good at. They have great offensive line, a great defensive line, and they have a plethora of running backs and a quarterback that simply doesn't turn the ball over. I think they're a little bit better than most people give them credit for because they look at the schedule and just want to write them off for that. But I think this is a team that knows their strengths and they're going to play to it each and every week. And they have a coach and Kirk Ferentz who's been doing this a very, very long time and knows how to get the most out of his players. I'd like this Iowa team. I think they're going to win a scrappy game against Michigan State. And then if someone wins the ACC title, I think Iowa is Definitely prime for an upset in that game. It'd be two undefeated playing each other in one versus four matchup. I think Iowa can beat up on it. The Clemson defensive line, which has shown to be a little weaker this year after losing Grady Jarrett and Vic Beasley, still a great defense. But I think the way Iowa wins in the trenches, I think they could really surprise Clemson if they were to play in a one v four matchup. But let's see what happens this week first. Right. So the last, I guess you're kind of. Previewing a little bit, one and four, Clemson staying at one, Iowa staying at four, of course, with you picking the Hawkeyes to win this Saturday. So my my other question is something Tubby and I talked about yesterday as well, is what happens to Oklahoma? I mean, we certainly agree that I think they should be in the playoff, despite not having a real championship game. I think the Big 12 lucked out having that de facto championship game a week ago where Oklahoma, where you could almost probably get as close to crowning a champion where without having a championship game. Um, so what, where, where do you feel Oklahoma ranks when these final four get revealed next week? And um, I guess that kind of just parlays into you can also go in, how do you see that first four ranking out when all is said and done and that's announced next week? I think that there's not going to be any upsets really this week in those major conference championship games, the ACC, SEC, and the Big Ten. I think Oklahoma's going to stay strong at three unless Alabama has an ugly game against Florida because, as I talked about earlier, Florida has not been good lately. So if Alabama comes out and doesn't look strong against them, I could see Oklahoma getting the nod above them. I think this Oklahoma team, though, is easily just as good, if not better, than the two teams ranked in front of them. The, the one thing that everybody keeps holding against them is that loss to Texas. And, it, yes, that was a bad loss, but... They ended up only losing that game by seven points. People already remember that's the rivalry game. That's one of the biggest rivalry games in all of college football, easily top ten. You know, might even be on the, the edge of the top five range there. And they ended up only losing by seven. And the game that they fell behind fourteen nothing at the beginning of it, and they battled back to only lose by seven. And the thing about that too is they arguably played better in that game. They just didn't score the way they've been doing most games. Their run defense struggled, but they held Jalen Hurd, the Texas quarterback, to 8 for 11 for 53 yards, which is incredibly impressive. So this is a very talented team. They beat Tennessee on the road earlier in the year when they had to play West Virginia when they were ranked and starting to get fairly highly thought of. They beat them by 20, and then after that Texas loss, they came out with a vengeance, and they beat a a quality Kansas State team 55 to nothing, and then they put 63 and 62 up, and then 52 after that in the next three games, and then we're able to get by the gauntlet of their schedule, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma State, with relative ease. The TCU game, the Horn Frogs came back a little bit in that one, but that was in the second half after their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, got hurt. When Mayfield 
on the field. I think the Sooners are arguably the best team in college football. He just provides a spark similar to the way Johnny Mandel used to be that really kind of pushes them to another level. Johnny Manziel, bark for you there with the Cleveland Browns, Mr. Third String. Uh, so I'm going to put you on the spot here as a parting gift for us, Mr. Gleason. Two predictions need to come from you. One, who wins the college football playoff? And number two, who is the this year's Heisman Trophy winner? I'm going to say for the Heisman first because that'll happen first. I right. think it'll be I think it'll be Derrick Henry uh, next Saturday night. I I think he's far and away the leader right now. I think it would take an absolutely terrible game from him and Alabama to lose in the SEC championship and an incredible performance by Deshaun Watson and Clemson blowing out North Carolina for those two to flip-flop. I think Henry's going to run away with this one in the end because, like I said before, I just don't see Alabama slipping up against Florida. And then in the end, like I said, I really like this Oklahoma team. I think Baker Mayfield is playing sensational football right now. They have two very good running backs and some RJ P. Ryan and Joe Mixon. And this is it's another team that knows how to how to win in the trenches like Iowa does. And I think that Texas lost I think that was good for them earlier in the year. Honestly, I think, you know, right now had it lost, they'd be sitting there at number one. But in the end, they're in the playoffs. They learned something from that game and it really put a spark under them to close out the year, and I think they still have unfinished business to take care of. There you go. That's Josh Gleason, former writer for the Ble- for Bleacher Report, former guest co-host of previous sports talk shows right here on 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. Mr. Gleason, thank you for a few moments this morning. Appreciate you getting up for us and uh, for being a part of uh, my final show here in the morning after. Not a problem, Tyler. I appreciate it. And best of luck to you and everything. I'm sure we'll keep in touch. I'm sure, sir. Take care and enjoy that Army-Navy game. Oh, I will. <laughs> Take care. So that is Mr. Josh Gleason on the line doing his work, what he loves to do, what he does best, talking major college football right there. Chewy, I mean, the man's just got knowledge. Yeah, it was clear. He knew exactly, He knew what he was talking about. Um, yeah, he's not like me. I Well, <laughs> I'm not going to say that. I disagree with him on some points. Oh, okay. he could have jumped in it's, and t- tried to tried to fuel the fire. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to start things up on your last day. So, you know, I just, I just <laughs> Well, we got to go out with a bang. <laughs> Yeah. Got to go to the bank, too. But nonetheless, so that was good stuff for Mr. Gleason. Appreciate him calling in uh, here on the show. Unfortunately, couldn't get him in as much as we would have liked in these last few weeks. But these last few weeks, that month of November flew by, too. I don't know about you, um, but it certainly did for me. And, and, and for the listeners out there, realize that I was barely here. I mean, I couldn't be here for this show because we were in Millersville for football. I couldn't be here for the next show because I was in Connecticut, and it was just like nonstop. And now with basketball, you know, I I would have liked to be here tomorrow to end it with the show. But unfortunately, Mike and I have to get on the bus to East Stroudsburg today at 2 o'clock, and then we'll spend all day tomorrow in East Stroudsburg and then overnight travel to Westchester, play Westchester, then overnight travel back to Edinburgh, and there's your weekend. So, But after that, then things are quiet. After that, then it's finals, and then we out. Right, So we're getting there. We're certainly getting there. But uh, we're going to hit our first break here on the show after talking college football. Yep. Don't talk about playoffs. Talking about that with Josh Gleason. Now we're going to switch gears, uh, and we're going to jump into the National Basketball Association. Chewie was was pretty mute in that um, first segment, so we're going to get him involved here, make him earn his, his keep here on the final show for him and myself on this semester. And uh, the Sixers got a win. 
As Chewy predicted, yes. Tubby said yesterday, he said he predicted. I was like, no one listens to you. We talk, when we talk NBA, we talk what Chewy says. <laughs> and, um, and then we'll also uh, talk about Julio Okafor getting his two-game suspension because we talked about that um, last time, too. I'll get his take on how he feels the Sixers handled it. And we'll find out when will Golden State lose their first game. Chewy will have all that and more with us as we'll hit the hardwood on the other side here on the morning after. Welcome back, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. It's the morning after, edinburgnow.com and the TuneIn app on mobile devices. Thank you all for tuning in. However you are, wherever you are, we appreciate it. It's the morning after. Tyler Trumbauer alongside the athlete extraordinaire Chewy here on a chilly Thursday morning in the borough. A little snow overnight a little snow hitting you this morning on the way into the studio but apparently it's supposed to be overcast this afternoon and then i i looked at the weather the next five days look pretty nice yeah. uh at least precipitation wise uh temperature that's your own your own decision uh how you feel about the temperature um i'm just happy to head east yeah it's warm east yeah. it's sunny east there's no snow east well, well i'm kind of jealous i wish hey, i was going with y'all you and you and uh, Quinn can can uh, as as Coach Best said, cuddle up and watch the games. Wow, he said that he did on the bus. <laughs> I don't know if he said cuddle up, but he said you guys can go watch it together. I might have added cuddle up. I can, I'm not going to quote him exactly, but he he was saying you guys can go. Well, you know what? Together. It's 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 a blessing and a curse that I'm not going because if I was going, I probably wouldn't study for any of my finals. So now that I'm home, or now that I'm staying here in Edinburgh, I can be judicious with my time. And hopefully study for some finals, but I probably still won't anyway. So <laughs> exactly, because who needs to practice for it? Yeah. I mean, listen, we're talking about <laughs> practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. Practice. I think that's the best one you got. I think that's the best one. Yeah, My favorite. You like that? Yeah, I, like I that love Allen Iverson. <laughs> yeah, that's like great. That <laughs> um, but no, right? Yeah, and we're of course, guys. We're talking about the trip east for the crossover between East and West and the PSAC this weekend. Edinburgh hosted one last weekend. Now they are going to be the visitors this weekend. We have East Stroudsburg Friday night. Women five thirty, men seven thirty at ESU, and then on Saturday at Westchester, women at two, men at four. Mike and I will have the call right here on eighty-eight point nine EdinburghNow.com, the TuneIn app on mobile devices, as well as the Keystone Sports Network for you fine folks. I'm not sure if there's a live stream, video-wise. So, Chew, you and Quinn might be need to just get up next to a laptop and listen to us. Just listen, yeah. That's what I was. That's you what better I'm be listening. Yeah, yeah. You know While you're studying, take a take a study break, listen to the game. Absolutely. Let I'll me know t- how I do. I'll be tuned in for sure. My final four games. Yeah. And Mike's and I final games together. Jeez, that's sad. I know. Don't start crying. We don't have tissues here. Anyway, let's get to the NBA before all this sappy nonsense begins here. Um, The Sixers have been in the, despite only winning one game, have been in the headlines of national news lately, and that's because of Julia Okafor. But first off, I want to give, I want to give Julia this. And you deserve it. You, uh, you. you picked but you told me a week ago, a week and a half ago. Yeah. That was gonna be a win. Yeah. It's good work by you guys. Definitely thought. We found out on the bus ride home from Mercyhurst, the bus was the bus was going crazy. Yeah. Because I told Mike Fenner the uh the score, and now it was like a minute and a half left and the Sixers were up. And then Quinn takes it from me 
and just screams it to the whole bus. Yeah, <laughs> he does. He does that. And then, from time to time. and then the back of the bus where, where where Mike Beck was, of course, the Sixers fan, resident Sixers fan, yeah. other than me here in the in the Northwest Pennsylvania corner, is uh, just going wild. Yeah, Mike's usually quiet till you know something about the Sixers winning comes up. <laughs> and then, like, uh, we also have a teammate, Kells. That's he's from Cali, Lakers yeah. Lakers guy. So it was a he wasn't liking you know, that. Yeah, it was good banter back and forth from them. So that was uh, that was funny. Right. So, uh, nonetheless, Sixers did win that game. But then, of course, the real reason they're in the national headlines is because of Julie Local for first time. First, uh, what, what was that? Ten, day, ten days ago, maybe true that he came out with that video of him getting in a fight in Boston. Right. And then there was, oh, well, then he was speeding on the on the Ben Franklin Bridge. Oh, then he got a gun pointed at him outside a club in Philly. And now, yesterday, TMZ said, not said, released a second fight, the same fight, basically, with a dude. In Boston, it was a different fight, but just minutes later. Okay, so it was a different. It was a different fight. It was a second fight. Okay, so but the a, same night wow. in Boston. So Jaleel like punched this dude outside a club, Go and then like walked club. four blocks down the street, and then opened another UFC battle. <laughs> the same night. Oh well, then that's good. And then that one was crazy. You see the video yet? No, I didn't. This one's crazy. He's running around the street. There's girls shrieking, Jaleel Okafor, no! <laughs> and then there's a dude like videotaping it, and a dude videotaping it's like, like this is Jaleel Okafor. This is Jaleel Okafor. <laughs> and then the guy, and he clocks this dude hard. Like the guy's about to leave, and Jaleel's about to leave with his posse. And if you guys haven't seen this, TMZ Sports has this up. Go on your social media, check this out. Jeez. He's, and then he runs across the the street. This isn't like a busy street, but he runs across the street and then just hits this guy and like runs him over too. And then wow. the guy with the with the video on his phone zoom like gets up close to the guy who got clocked and he's just got like blood on the side of his face and they're just like he needs an ambulance and the guy comes up he's like yo come on man get up get up he's like he needs an ambulance. It was it was much more of a of an interesting melee than the first one was. Wow. I definitely need to see that. So, I no idea so that then, coming. after that one, a few hours later, the Sixers announced uh, in a statement that they are suspending him for two games effective immediately. So he did not play last night against the Kristaps Porzingis-led New York Knicks of, in that 99-87 loss at the Garden. And, of course, he loses his game checks for those two games. Julie Okafor is not sent home, though. He was still with the team in the Big Apple when this happened. But it's more, everyone thought, oh, well, we got into this second fight. So the other thing, before I ask you your opinion on it, is apparently what they, what irked the Sixers organization more than the fact that he was in another fight that night is that they did not tell him the exact details of that night. They said he was in a fight, didn't say the exact timeline, was maybe a little sketchy on details. Okay. So he maybe like a little bit of the Johnny Manziel situation where he was lying about that video coming out, and maybe maybe Mike Patton wouldn't have been as upset with him if that video if he was truthful with him. But apparently, Julie Okafor was not that truthful with Brett Brown, Scott O'Neill, CEO, and Sam Hankey, the general manager of the Philadelphia 76ers. So how do you feel the Sixers handled it, Chewy? Because now, I mean, a lot of stuff came out after that first video, and the Sixers continue to let him play. Yeah. Do you like that? Do you think it was good to do it now? Do you think it was good how they do it? And do you think the fact that they got their first win factored into it? Because now they wanted, they, maybe they just wanted him to play until they got that first win. And now that they do, now they can relax a little bit. Okay, so, so before I answer your question, are you insinuating that the 76ers knew about the second fight? No, I'm saying that the Sixers did not know about oh, the second fight. I'm taking them. I'm okay. saying that the Sixers 
some people are saying that Sixers should have made a move just with the initial evidence, right. the initial information. Right. So then they did it on the second information, and it seemed like they were okay with what they just were told the first time yeah. because instead of suspending him or whatever, they granted Jaleel's request and are going to give him a security guard to go with him everywhere yeah. he goes outside the team activities. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I hear what you're saying now. Um, <clears throat> as far as them not, like, handing down any repercussions after, after the first fight, it was kind of like the public, I think, kind of held Jaleel Okafor as, like, okay, he's a kid, he's young, you know, he's got a lot of money, they're losing, you know, so he's obviously stressed out. That's why he's out there starting fights and stuff, so... For them not to hand down any punishment after that, I wasn't too, you know, concerned about because he apologized um, via Twitter and other social media, and it seemed like his apology was sincere. So, right there, I didn't on social media. Well, yeah, on social media. You won't say it in front of a camera. He's like, "Oh, I already had my statement. You tweeted it out." Yeah, yeah, but I think he's I think he's a good kid though. I don't I don't know anything about him, but I think he's a good kid. His former coach Mike Zazeski came out and 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 defended him. Yeah, I think I exactly and. Coach K, you know, everybody holds Coach K to the highest of standards, especially right. when it comes to basketball on any level. So I respect his opinion, and I, I think he's a good kid. So I think for them not to give him punishment after the first um, thing was okay. Um, but I think – I definitely think for sure that they had to give him some type of repercussion after, the, after that video surface, especially as animated and, you know <laughs> – as animated as it was, as you described it to me, because I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> if In I the was next to, break, we're going to watch it. Yeah, if I was to have seen it, then I would definitely have a better take. But it was just, the way you described it was crazy. So they definitely, um, from the public eye, it's like, okay, what are you guys going to do about this? Because it just seems like you have a player out here that's running wild, you know, and you need to corral him before something happens. So it was just like... The two-game suspension, that's basically a slap on the wrist. He's missing two checks. Um, right. I'm sure he'll be okay. You know? <laughs> I'm sure he'll be okay. But it's like they had to do something. And I think like in, within the short span of time to make a decision, I think two games was like – I mean, that's like – that's basically nothing. After they after they got their first win, it's like I feel like the organization almost breathed a sigh of relief. So you do agree you know? that maybe this suspension – was because they got their first win, and if they were still searching for their first win, Julie Lokfor might not be suspended. I think no. I think he would have still got suspended. But I think, I, I think he would have still got suspended if the had the video had this video come up before the Lakers game. I think he would have got suspended before the Lakers game. All right. So gotcha. I, I, yeah, I think he would have still been suspended. But it's just like the timing works out in their favor because they have already won. You know what I'm saying? So now that they've won. Right. So now that they've won, it's, it's like, okay, we can suspend him now, lose a couple more games, you know, <laughs> who cares? We just got our first win. So, um, I hear you on that. Yeah. So now, uh, so Julio Okafor is there. He's suspended. Brett Brown came out and the media and spoke uh, on behalf of the Sixers organization, as he always does. Sam Hinkie never talks, the general manager. And uh, he said that, He's okay with this tough love. He's okay. He's like, if it has to play out in the national headlines, so be it. Mm-hmm. If that's the way he's going to learn, yeah. it's the way he's going to learn. Some, you know, sometimes teams like to take care of things in-house behind closed doors, but right. Brett Brown seemed very okay. He's like, he's our guy. And he's like, if, if, that, if this is what it's going to take for him to represent the Sixers well and, and wear an NBA logo on his uniform, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. A lot of times you need to go through experiences to grow up. He's only 19. Yeah, he's only 19. So 
if you're the experience he's going through now, you know, fighting at bars and running people over, apparently, you know, if the the negativity that's going to come from it is only going to help him learn, hopefully, you know, push him in the right direction to make better decisions in the future. Right. So, and and one thing I, I like Colin Cowherd a lot, and I especially now that his show yeah. is uh, is on Fox Sports, is he had John Calipari in studio yesterday for a good amount of time, and uh, Calipari talked about this. And he said, he's 19. Right. If you're going to draft a 19-year-old, you got to be prepared for what comes with drafting a 19-year-old. Agreed. He said every time that he, because, you know, he's got the one-and-done factor. He's got the 18, 19-year-olds that are there for 12, 14 months, and they're gone. Yeah. If that. He said that when people, when, when scouts, when front office execs come to him and say, we're highly interested in this player, we have a third round, we have the third pick overall, we're going to want to take him. He says he's only 18. He's only 19. He just turns 20. He says he warns them of his age and says, are you aware? You're not drafting a 23-year-old that's matured in college, that's ready to go out there. You know? and, and he tells, and Cal Perry says, he says the same things to his players when they're about to declare for the NBA draft. He says, you're 18, you're 19, you're 20. Are you, are you ready? Are you ready as a man to... Be the CEO, as, to take his words, to be the CEO of your own company. To say no to people. To manage your own money. Because if not, you're going to get robbed, is what he said. Exactly. So yeah. you need to, you can't just let mommy and daddy take care of you. You can't hire your agent to make sure he'll take care of it. Hire an accountant. Because we've seen a lot of ex-athletes say they got screwed because of the yeah. people they've hired. Right. So... He's, Especially that, that, being young, you can get it's easier for right. you to get taken advantage of and stuff. Right, you trust people more, the like. So that's an interesting thing there. We'll watch that video over the uh, break because you got to see it. So you have the Warriors schedule up on your 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 uh, your page there on your on your computer, and that's why you weren't looking at the video in the last break. You were trying to examine, take some more examination of the Warriors schedule. So as we take a look at it, sir. What are what something stands out to you? Because if you think about it, there are 82 games in a season, okay? So a, so a quarter of that season is 20 and a half games. So essentially, the Warriors have gone through a quarter of their season and have not lost the game. So they're 25% done and no losses. They have their next in action this Saturday at Toronto. Looking at their next stretch of games through the, the entire month of December, which is what I have up. When is the next time, not looking at lines, not looking at who's favorited according to ESPN, because apparently that's a big thing now because of the Sixers only being favorited one more time, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> Who, when is the first time Golden State loses in your eyes? Well, yeah. Uh, well, like you said, um, obviously we're not looking at favorites because I think the Warriors are favorited to win almost every game. Right. But I think their their first loss, now I'm saying this, um, I'm not saying this with too much confidence, but their first loss could possibly come in their next game. They play Toronto. Yeah, they play the Toronto Raptors uh, this Saturday in Toronto. Um, the Raptors are a good team. They're a team that are going to make the playoffs. They've got a lot of talent. They added a good player in um, – oh, his name is escaping me right now. Well, he's a good defensive player. He's a good – he fits in well with their team. I can't believe his name is escaping me right now. But anyways – they have good talent. I think the Raptors at home, them being at home, and they're playing relatively well. Like they they've beaten good teams in the East and the West. They beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, my favorite to win it all. I think that 
that is a potential game that they could possibly lose the Warriors. Um, is I, Toronto? Yes, Toronto as far as coming up. And then looking looking down at the schedule some more, I think the Pacers, they don't have as much Pacers talent. aren't good, though. They're, they've been winning games, though. Like they, they're pretty give me someone good on the Pacers if you can think of names. Paul George, okay. Paul George, he's he's like a top five player right now. Yeah, but he's Steph Curry scored twenty eight and a quarter last night. He outscored their opponent just by himself last night. What what Steph Curry's doing is just unbelievable. Like it gets more and more unbelievable every single game. It's like he's just making big plays. Like even if he has a bad game, which is rare, he's just making unbelievable plays down the stretch to win games. So Paul, I think the Pacers. I don't think they're going to win, but that's another team that could possibly give them some trouble. Um, and then from there on out, uh, all these – oh, and they played – well, they played the Cavs on Christmas. On Christmas, right. So We're working our way down there. They're more realistic – to be 100% realistically, their first loss – Is the Cavs. Could come on Christmas. On Christmas Day, yeah, on national on television, Day. on like yeah. ABC. That's the most most realistic – so now you've changed your answer three times. No, no, no. I, I gave you <laughs> I gave you two teams that I think might trip them up okay. simply because those teams are playing at home and they're playing well right now. I still don't think they, they're going to beat them, but they have a chance. And then the Cavaliers, obviously, being um, the defending Eastern Conference champions, they lost to the Warriors in the finals last year. I think that's going to be a big game, and that's a game that the Warriors could potentially lose. That's what, I'm going to go with that. December 25th. December 25th. Yeah. So December 25th gives me gives me what? That gives me all the way till So that's how many more wins? That's like 10 more wins? No. Uh yeah. If it's no, no, the no, Cavs. No. For the Cavs? Yeah, cuz look, you got Toronto three, here sets so 1 2 five, three, six. Four, five, six, seven, eight. That's eight more, eight wins. more wins. Okay, yeah. I can't count. Whatever. Yeah, so you know that. They could be 28 and and 0. Oh. By the time they get to December, by the time they that'd get be to wild. Christmas, that'd be nuts. Yeah, I agree. So but it's, we'll it's have just to like, see. I thought they, I thought they were going to lose last night. You know, before the game, I was thinking, okay, the Hornets are pretty good. They're playing well. They might beat them. And then he drops twenty eight in the third quarter and just totally ends the game. And the thing about his his Steph Curry's greatness is that they beat teams by so much that like he he doesn't even play fourth quarters. So right. he'll sit out entire fourth quarters and like. It'll have no effect, and it had an effect last year on his on his MVP um, race because it was like, well, they're blowing teams out, so what do you do? Yeah, he's not even playing. Exactly. Gotcha. So there you go. Christmas Day won't be as joyous for the Golden State Warriors, according to Chewy, as the Cavs might be sneaking in and stealing and handing Golden State their first win. And, and an interesting stat uh, for I wanted to give the Chewy and break the news to him, but he already hit me with it during our break, is uh, that the uh, that the Luke Walton, the interim head coach, as Steve Kerr still recovers from back surgery from the offseason, was named the Western Conference Coach of the Month for the first month of the season. However, in the record books, Luke Walton is winless in that month because all right. those wins go to Steve Kerr right? because he's the head coach. That's interesting. But at least he can say he was the coach of the month. Yeah. So Walton's got that going for him. we got one more segment going for us as we're going to wrap this thing in. We're coming in for a landing, Chewy. It's almost over. We'll come back after this break. We'll hit the gridiron. The National Football League another week begins as we just have five more games remaining in the 2015-16 NFL season. Welcome back, 88.9 Fighting Scots Radio. The final segment here on the show, Chew, and uh, an interesting 
events that just happened over the uh, right there at the end of our last segment. Um, we just went off air on radios on 88.9 on the dial. Um, so if you are hearing us on a radio, consider yourself lucky because on our end, we think we are off air. Uh, but you are, uh, we are still streaming on nbronow.com and the TuneIn app on mobile devices. And our podcast is still going fine. So uh, we can still, you can still listen to that in its entirety. There won't be any problems. But in our ears, we just heard a bunch of static yeah. right there in the last minute or two of the last segment before we hit a break and during that entire break. And it's still happening now. So, uh, But if you are uh, listening via a stream, you should be good to go as we wrap things up here. We just have a few more minutes remaining here in the morning after as we're going to coming in for a landing chew and before we do we are going to talk about the National Football League as uh, another week is beginning here the tonight week 13 in the NFL a game that means holds true to the heart near and dear near and dear to the athlete extraordinaire chewy green bay at Detroit tonight in a big matchup at Ford Field in Detroit. And this is a Thursday night game at 825, also on CBS, as well as the NFL Network. We're taking a look quickly at that game tonight. Green Bay, I mean, this is a huge NFC North battle, Chew. Yeah. Massive NFC North battle between these two <laughs> squads. Looking at this one right now. The lot or the, excuse me, the Packers are three-point favorites on the road. So that's saying a lot about the uh, Lions and how much discredit they're getting as far as the betting lines. So what are your thoughts on your beloved Lions taking on the Packers? The, the Pack seven and four, the Lions inversely four and seven. Yeah, um, this is definitely a big game. Like you said, uh, the Lions, to my surprise, beat the Packers earlier this year. I believe um, this has been the first time they beat the Packers in a long time, at least since I've been watching um, Detroit football, because I, I know they used to always play on Thanksgiving and stuff, and we used to always lose, so <laughs> there was that. But right. yeah, but this is definitely a big game. I think um, the Packers, obviously, they've been sliding a little bit. You know, I thought that uh, <clears throat> I said earlier in the show Aaron Rodgers was the – I said earlier in – Weeks. Know, in, the, in weeks that Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, right now it's looking like Tom Brady. But um, I definitely, I definitely think that um, <coughs> I'm stumbling. <coughs> Breath, what's going on here? Anyways, breathe, man. <laughs> I know you're all upset because your Lions are going to lose tonight. But no, 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 no. I, I think they're. <laughs> I, I, I'm predicting a win here. I think that uh, Matthew Stafford is going to take care of the football. I think the Lions have been playing well as of late. Um, I just think that they have. Being at home, I don't know what the 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 point favorites or whatever's going on there, predictions or whatever. But I think being at home and being playing a little bit better, they're not the playoff team they once were last year. But I think that they're definitely going to pull this one out. Um, that might be just be me being biased. I think but, so. But that's that's what I think. That's my take. <laughs> right. Yeah. We'll have to see. I mean, I think this is if this if the Lions were to try to salvage a potential playoff spot in the wild card because believe yeah. it or not in the NFC 4 and 7 you're it's still in the hunt. Yeah. I mean the Eagles are 4 and 7 and they're still considered in the hunt not just for the NFC East but for the wild card as well with the way the NFC is. Uh they need to win this game. Yeah. They have to win this game. The NFC North especially I think is out of reach for the Lions because not only are the Packers there but also the Vikings. The Vikings are leading that division. Yeah. The Vikings are really good right now. So they got to get this win because not only is it just a win to get the five and seven, but this is a huge divisional win as well for the Lions. So Green Bay, Detroit, Detroit, interesting enough for them because, you know, a lot of people talk about Thursday night and you might have an extended um, 
or you might have an extended time between games or a shortened time between games. But the Lions played on Thursday night for Thanksgiving on Thursday for Thanksgiving exactly. when they played the Eagles. So now they've kind of gotten into that alignment of Thursday night. So maybe that that might play to an advantage against say the Packers. But the Packers also played on that night as well. So that's very interesting too. But the Packers played later that night. So we'll have to see how all that shakes out uh, with them tonight. I, As far as a prediction, I'm not quite sure. Over-under 47 for today's game. I'm going to go Green Bay just because, I mean, it's it's indoors. There's nothing really to affect the Packers, like elements or the like. They're all, they are three-point favorites on the road. That says a lot about this Detroit team. But Jim Bob Cooter, the new offensive coordinator, has really done a nice job uh, for Detroit and really turned things around there. I just don't know how much they'll be able to do it. I was impressed by what they did against the Eagles a week ago, but the Eagles are bad right now. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles are a dumpster fire. <laughs> Real bad. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. Looking ahead at the other NFL games this weekend, no more bye weeks anymore. Everyone's full bore. Sundays are jam-packed once again. It's a good time to be an NFL fan. we got a third of the season left, five more games running down the stretch. Blurry as can be playoff pictures. We don't know what's happening yet in the National Football League. We just had Tom Brady lose. We got one more undefeated team, and that undefeated team is Carolina, who plays at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. 425 kick on Fox. Carolina at New Orleans. The Saints. Big divisional game for them. Who do you think wins that one, Chew? Do you think Carolina moves to, what would that be, 12-0 and for the Panthers? Yeah, I definitely I think they're going to keep it rolling. I think they're just playing at such a high level right now, you know, um and it's a lot it has a lot to do with confidence, you know. Confidence allows uh certain people to do things that maybe they're they're not even capable of doing, but that just so they but just because they have confidence in themselves, you know, good things tend to happen. So I think that they're going to keep it rolling. I think they've got all the momentum in the world right now and I think they're going to go to 12 and 0. The pa- the Panthers are Panthers, eight yeah. point favorites in that game to move to twelve and zero. The Saints four and seven right now really really need that game badly. Over under fifty for that one in the Superdome game that holds near and dear to my heart. Since we had to talk about your Detroit Lions, you might as well let me talk about the unfortunately my beloved Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles four and seven going up against the ten and one New England Patriots, who might have a little bit of a, a vengeance. A little bit of chip on their shoulder after losing in a walk-off in overtime against yeah. the Brock Osweiler-led Denver Broncos on Sunday Night Football. The Pan- This is at Gillette Stadium in New England, 425 kick on Fox on Sunday. The Patriots are 11-point favorites. Count it, 11-point favorites at home. And I think that might be a little generous for the Eagles. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I do give the Eagles any chance in this game? No, I don't. I think I think the I mean Patriots, they're pretty hurt. The Patriots are pretty hurt. No Gronk. A lot right. of other guys out. But I, but I just don't see it. I don't see them them losing to the Eagles not right now. I, they're coming off a tough loss, you know, a game that they potentially, you know, should have won. It was a it was nuts for them to give up that rushing touchdown for the game, but I think they're going to bounce back strong with a, a, another strong showing. Other games on that NFL docket to look at. Some interesting matchups. I mean, you got the Battle of New York at MetLife Stadium at 1 o'clock. The Jets at the Giants. Both teams need a win. Yeah. Both teams, if they need. I mean, the Jets, I would say, probably need it more than the Giants. But they both 
both need to win. Two teams that also both need to win. One o'clock as well on CBS. Ralph Wilson Stadium, Houston at Buffalo in that one. Who do you got winning that one? That's an interesting matchup. Houston actually leading that division down there, tied at uh, with their record of, or I think they're at like six and five or five and six right now with the Colts. And then you also have Buffalo, who is like really hanging on by a thread to keep their playoff hopes alive. I'm gonna go with uh, Houston and Buffalo. Houston over this Buffalo. Is, this is a tough one. I think I'm gonna go with Houston. Gonna go with Houston. Go with Houston in this one, yeah. Bill O'Brien got a little reassurance from his front office this past week as they said they're really liking what the new coach has done with that Texan squad. The Colts are at the Steelers on Sunday night football this week, 8.30. Uh, we'll have to see who's going to be the quarterback for the Colts. I think it's still going to be Matt Hasselback, the backup for the Colts, who's undefeated uh, in relief for Andrew Luck this year. The Steelers might be without Ben Roethlisberger, who's going through the league's concussion protocol this week. On Monday night, Big one for the NFC East. Dallas at Washington, 8.30 at FedEx Field. I believe the Redskins are still undefeated at home. I, I could be wrong out there, um, but I believe they're still undefeated at home. Home, who do you have winning this one? The Cowboys, who again are without Tony Romo for the remainder of the year and have still yet to win a game without Romo under center, or the Redskins led by Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football? I think the uh, the Romo-less streak continues, especially if, if he's not playing. I don't think that uh, Dallas really has a shot. I mean, I think it's I think it's going to be a close game. I'm not going to say it's a blowout or anything, but right. I think uh, the Redskins come out on top on Monday night. There you go. I'm going to have to agree. I think Dallas is toast now. I think of anyone. I think the NFC East is still wide open, but if anyone is done, it's it's the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Without Cowboys, Tony Romo, sure. they don't really have any quarterback unless Jerry Jones trades for Johnny Manziel, like Tubby was alluding to yesterday on the show. Well, he we just that. he did. But the the, the, mo- the most egregious thing of them all is he said that he thinks he's worth a couple of second rounders, like two <laughs> second rounders for Johnny. I'm like, I don't know, Tubby. Maybe maybe a fourth. Maybe I mean he's a third. Straight quarterback for the Browns right now. <laughs> Two second round. Tubby's hilarious, man. I'll tell you. That's <laughs> that's what I got to deal with on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, too. So anyway, that's all for us today on the show. That's all for Chewy this semester, sir. We appreciate you coming on in in your first semester here on WFSE Fighting Scots Radio. You did it in a, in a an amazing job on holding it down on Tuesday, Thursdays with me. Otherwise, I probably would have had to go on solo and talk. I mean, I can talk for 60 minutes, but I don't really want to, and I don't think listeners want to listen to me, but I appreciate that. No, I definitely I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. You know, I, I definitely, you know, think this is something that I wanted to do, and I was granted the opportunity by Tyler, and I'm very grateful for it. So We appreciate you. that, sir. Uh, t- thank you, and unfortunately, you know, they kicked us off air on the uh, – on the terrestrial radio, but still going, and I've been confirmed, still going good on the streams on edinburghnow.com, the TuneIn app, and of course, uh, if you uh, did miss any of this, if you were listening on radio, then jumped on the stream, check out our podcast on edinburghnow.com, as that has been unaffected, and you can listen to that for the duration of the show. But but let's wrap this thing up here. A few more seconds remaining. I just want to uh, thank everyone at the WFSC. Of course, I still have a few more uh, sh- Times, appearances, if you will, this weekend with four basketball games on the eastern side of the state to talk with Mike Fenner and myself. But I'd like to thank you all. Uh, uh, bump last year working with Mike on Midday Sports and then working my way up to sports director. This semester was a great semester. I appreciate the chance and everything this station has done for me and campus media overall. Ron Raymond, who's frantically working right now to get us back on radio. 
um, has done an, an unbelievable job and is one of the best guys out there. A, bet, a great person and, and you know, an, an unbelievable radio personality as well. Uh, he's, he's a great general manager for WFSC, and it's, it's sad to go. It's definitely bittersweet these last few moments, and, you know, it might be harder to leave than I thought it was going to be. Um, but sure. uh, the snow outside makes it a little bit easier. But uh, it certainly is, is, is a sad moment, and I, I, love, I love coming up here five days a week, talking sports, doing the morning after. And uh, Tubby will be back in tomorrow with Vic Hudson to wrap out this semester. And, uh, you know, Tubby, I, I, him and I, we didn't get our, our, our f- emotional farewell yesterday. We ran out of time. I'm going over 10 o'clock now because what are you going to do, fire me? But um, <laughs> the, uh, you know, as much as I made fun of him and he brought comic relief, it definitely would not have been the same without, without Tubby and the nonsense that he brought in, and, uh, for, for three days a week. And who knows what could have happened if we could have done five days a week. Maybe, maybe there actually would have been a murder in Compton Hall. I'm not quite sure. Either that or we would have had Radio Gold five days a week. But it was fun. I thank you all for listening and supporting us and tuning in, whether on the podcast, the radio, the stream, the like. And don't forget, you can listen to me in my last few appearances this weekend as we have basketball tomorrow night starting at 5.15 and then on Saturday starting at 1.45 right here on Fighting Scots Radio. That's all for us today and the morning after. Thank you all for tuning in. And tune in tomorrow, 9 to 10 a.m. as the morning after wraps up for the fall semester. Tubby, Vic Hudson in the building to talk about Cleveland and other st- happenings in the professional sports world for tyler trumbauer that's the athlete formerly known as chewy signing off here for the final time on the morning after i'll talk to you all tomorrow from east stroudsburg with mike fenner